In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. We're back. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Joining me, as I mentioned before, is Tracy Devarney, who is the Vermont State Lead Ambassador for the American Cancer Society Action Network, CAN. And uh, as you know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And to help us talk about this, I've asked Tracy to come on the show and um, to give us an update of uh, uh, breast cancer in Vermont and uh, what's happening, hopefully good news. Um, she is, uh, in addition to her work with ACS CAN, Tracy is a pediatric registered nurse in South Burlington and has been a member of the ACS event leadership team since 2008, focusing on advocacy. I also know that she also volunteers at Camp Tecumta, which we all know is a week-long camp for children who have or who have had or have cancer. Tracy, welcome to the show. It's delightful to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Good well, morning. this is, we have to never forget. Um, uh, and I, I really appreciate your coming on. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And my, uh, and what I love is my cell phone has been, um, just so full of information about breast cancer and uh, prevention and signs and all the stuff that we need to know to help us. So, um, I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, could you talk us a little bit about breast cancer here in Vermont, and perhaps, if you don't mind, sharing us, uh, sharing with us your personal story? Sure. Um, so, um, my personal story started actually 30 years ago, not with breast cancer, but I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, oh. um, and then five years ago with thyroid cancer. So oh. this August. I had my annual mammogram, which I've been having since I was 30, uh, early because of my prior cancer, uh, experiences. And so on the yearly mammogram, they said they found a very, very small spot that was suspicious. So of course you hear that and yep. you, you kind of stop for a moment. Um, they brought me back for a diagnostic mammogram. So the first one was your annual screening, but they do a more in-depth diagnostic mammogram, which if you've ever had one is a little more uncomfortable uh, for us women. Right. <laughs> uh, a little more. Um, and then uh, that little spot was still suspicious, so then I had a um, a biopsy. Uh-huh. And it came back that I do have invasive lobular breast cancer. Um, So that was on um, October 3rd, excuse me, August 3rd of this year. Um, And then um, on September 7th, I had a lumpectomy. Um, One of the greatest things, and we'll probably talk more about that now, is that, uh, or in, in this talk, but one of the really amazing things is how far we've come in breast cancer treatment. And so um, 
one of the comments made by the surgeon was five to ten years ago would have definitely been a mastectomy, um, radiation and chemo automatically. And now research has shown that a lumpectomy has the same survival rates as a mastectomy as long as you have some radiation or some other treatment. So it really minimizes the surgical effects that you have to have. So that's great. That's was great. Um, So I had that on September 7th, and then I've been doing some uh, testing and some other appointments, and I start uh, next Monday, the 23rd, with some radiation. Oh, well, first, I'm very sorry to hear all this. You've certainly been through a lot, but but I think that news is is really great about... um, uh, about the impact of a lumpectomy because <clears throat> when I dealt with it quite a while ago, they gave me a 70-30 shot at having it return um, mm-hmm. if I had a lumpectomy, and I said, eh, nope. Um, yeah, exactly. But- and that was my concern when they talked to me about it. It was definitely, I don't want this to come back. I've had two other cancers. Right, this enough. is my third one. Like, let's go yep. get this out, right? Um and but now they've discovered that the um survive the the recurrence rate is 2% for a mastectomy and 4% for a lumpectomy but if it come that 2% difference if it comes back then you have the mastectomy so right. the long term recurrence rate is exactly the same and what so, i what i find comfort in it there's such a thing is that once you've had cancer there is a team of of doctors that watch you like a hawk and mm-hmm. and chances are, if it does come back, they will catch it early enough to do yes. something about it. And that always comforts me that that they sort of watch us um, a little more closely than perhaps others who are going through the the yearly uh, normal routine. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, actually, my sister had her after she heard this. She's like, I'm going to move my mammogram up. <laughs> and my sister had her mammogram, and they found a suspicious something. And with oh. my history, they put her through MRIs and and biopsies, and it is not cancer. Oh, but they were really, because of my diagnosis, really right. on top of her. So I think, you know, there's a team that are ready and willing, and yep. breast cancer is so well um researched yep. and and people have knowledge of it and we have a whole month and there's awareness around breast cancer which i think is great yep so yeah i am um, i much bigger what they did with me and i'm sure they're doing with with a lot of other uh, people is they stagger the doctor's visits uh, there is a team of four and so every every four months i would see a doctor who is part of this team different uh, disciplines but um so that the whole year I was being I was being watched, which uh, I sort of like. Yeah. So yeah, you're talking and to- our group here actually sent me down to Dana Farber just to make ah. sure that you know we were all on the same page, right. everything was good. Just because I'd had this is my third diagnosis, although yeah. different cancers, they just wanted to make sure, and they're working closely together. And I trust the people here at UVM implicitly. Well, excellent. So it's just really great that they're working as a whole team. Yeah, it's not quite as uh, as dramatic as it used to be. It's still pretty scary when you hear that word. But um, how? What is breast? I mean, is there a lot of breast cancer in Vermont compared to other states? Or I've heard that that breast cancer is fairly common in Vermont women. It is fairly common. I mean, I I do did in preparation for this tried to get some. Um, 
real documented numbers for everybody. Um, in Vermont itself, um, there's about 4,400 new cancer diagnoses of all cancers, not just yep, breast. Right. And of those, about 700 are breast cancer. Huh. Um, in terms of the types of cancer throughout Vermont, breast is up is the one of the highest prostate and lung being next, but breast is up there. So, but in a population as small as really Vermont has, you know, about 700 cases a year is pretty, is is quite a lot. Um, I think if you think about how many people live here and of how many people live here, how many are women of an age that would get breast cancer. Um, so it is, I think it is common. Is it, um, you know, I think we have a lot of other things, but they're definitely working on it. When I did go down to D.C. for a American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network Summit, um, we heard that the survival rate has increased um, in, in like by 40% wow. over the last five years. So that's because of technology, because of treatment, yep. and because of screening. That's great. So could you tell uh, us... And the some... biggest thing oh. to remember is men can get breast cancer. Ah, so, yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a lot. It's about 1%, but men can get it. So we need to make sure that our male friends and partners know to yep. pay attention as well. Yeah, I would think that could easily slip by them because I don't think they think about that. Um, but no. it's true. So could you tell yeah. us a little bit about your role as the state's lead ambassador? Sounds very, very impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. It? Um, it's, a, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a volunteer position. So the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network is in every state and territory. Um, and what we have is a structure of volunteers. And really the volunteers... Um, lead the ACS can and because we live in the areas that we are and so it's not a group. The ACS can is the um, advocacy arm of the Cancer Society so it's more of the advocacy stuff and so they want people on the ground that have relationships with legislators both um, local and federal to talk to them about cancer and what affects cancer patients, cancer screening, cancer survivors. And so my job, um, because Vermont just has one congressional district, there's um, another person that's called the ACT lead, big acronyms for things, but it's a (laughs) congressional person. If you were in New York or Texas, there's leads for every congressional district, but Vermont only has one. Right. So as the state lead ambassador, I am kind of the point person for that and um, and then work with the team of volunteers that we have. And our our goal is to bring awareness to our both our state and federal legislators that cancer is a priority for us. That's great. It is nonpartisan. There's no right or left. It is really that we are pro-cancer or anti-cancer, actually. (laughs) Um, Anti-cancer, but really pro-screening, pro-research, equitable care for everybody so that it doesn't matter where you live or what your socioeconomic status is. So access to care is important. And so we try and develop relationships with our state and federal uh, lawmakers to make sure that our voice is heard. Tracy, we have uh, Cindy from North Faison on the phone. Cindy, do you have a question or comment for Tracy? 
Well, hi. Yeah, hi, Pat. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I do have a comment. I uh, was diagnosed with ocular lymphoma back uh. in 2019 and went up to UVM. And it's kind of an unusual type of cancer, apparently. But um, I can't say enough about the team that I had and how they handled it and my recovery and and everything. So, And I'm I'm cancer-free now. Great. Yeah. Can you, uh, I'm sorry to meet you, ocular lymphoma, ocular is eyes. That's right. It was pressure in your eyes. That must have been awful. Yeah, yeah. It kind of took me by surprise. I, I mean, I didn't really realize. I didn't know I had it. I just had this like weird uh, stuff in my eye that looked like uh, ashes had blown into my eye. And huh. I went to my my doctor and I said, "What is this?" And so he did a biopsy, and Ooh. it turned out to be cancerous. And um, went through the process of getting getting rid of it and they certainly did so my kudos as you say a lot (laughs) Um, to uvm um you know they they just i had a team of uh five different doctors which took care of me i felt very honored actually (laughs) um for those people with all their knowledge and um education and things to be focusing on on Cindy here, and uh, so but uh, took care of it, and my my eye is fine, and no cancer right. anywhere else. So uh, I just thought I'd put that in there Thank about you. the UV, UVM. Yeah, Tracy, yeah. do you have any comments back to Cindy? No, I think congratulations to you and i'm very i'm very glad for you um i agree i mean i work for uvm so i'm a little biased um i've worked here for 36 years um but i will say um my previous two cancers and this one um i've had a team at uvm and they have been phenomenal and they really do i think we're really lucky in a small state like this to have the cancer center that we have with the research and everything that we have i I'm very impressed with yeah. the um, quality of the physicians and the care that they give. It's really, it's it's really nice to know that we're in a rural area and we still have quality, quality care. Absolutely, they put their a team of five that put yep. all their knowledge, all their education together, and focused on me. You know, and I so mm-hmm. I was I was very humbled and very. Um, proud proud of them you know mm-hmm. and, and when i was going through that so that that was exceptional care that's great say. yeah thank you so much for calling in cindy and i agree with uh, tracy we are very lucky in this state to have the quality of care that we do yeah that's great well, yeah so um, and good luck to you yeah good really luck. thank you thank you <laughs> ready Anything with the eyes makes me uh, shiver just a little. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Biopsy (laughs) of the eye. Good God. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm glad that she is cancer-free, as they say. Yeah. Anyway, could you tell, there's a big event coming up uh, this Sunday on October 22nd, and we wanted to give a shout-out to that event. Could you tell us about it? Yeah, so it's a Making Strides Against Breast Cancer event of Southern Vermont. Um, the Northern Vermont one was uh, held on October 1st, oh. so that has already been done um, in South Burlington. This one is at Castleton, so Vermont State University's uh, Castleton campus. 
Um, and it it really uh, registration opens in, opens at eleven if anybody is interested, and then the walk will start at one. Um, but we really encourage it's the kind of the American Cancer Society and ACS Can kind of come together and hold a you know have the Making Strides event. There's going to be basket raffles and activities, photo booths um, at twelve twenty. There's going to start some speakers and survivor celebrations. So anyone that has been affected or is a survivor um, or anyone who um, cares about breast cancer, anything at all, come and join in on the walk um, and see, you know, there's making, um, they're going to make some money with the raffles. You can raise money um, or just join everyone there for a fun day and um, have a celebration. That's great. I was I was worried. I think I wrote to you. I when I read it, I wasn't sure if it was taking the place of Relay for Life, which I oh, love. No. And you yeah. said no, yeah. that that's still going on because that's yes, a huge fundraiser. That's actually that's actually how I started way back in uh, I think it was like 1998, honestly, huh. as a participant in Relay for Life, and that is still going on. Good. Oh, good. Um, there's not a date for the Chittenden County one yet. I believe the Rutland one is in early June, um, and you can just Google those and have yep. the dates. But those are still happening, um, and those are amazing events. Um, yep. And if you go, if you just Google. Um, you know, making strides or relay for life in Vermont, uh, the contact person who is Nicole Jorgensen will come up. So Thank on you. cancer.org, you'll find a lot of information about all the events and how anyone can join in and participate. Relay for life is a great event yeah, as well. Absolutely. And then that's how I started and promoted advocacy at that event and then transitioned to this. Good. I'm so glad I asked you because I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) (laughs) because of the luminaria I love, which they give you a bag and some sand and you write the the person, a person's name who has either passed away or or dealing with cancer or uh, and it's and they line the the track with it um, and then they read the names, which oh. It's really powerful. Yeah, it is. It's very powerful. And the nice part is, you know, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so, of course, you know, we are focused on breast cancer in October, but there are a lot of other cancers. And, you know, the Relay for Life is for anyone, survivor or caregiver, anyone touched by cancer. So it's all inclusive and it gives a voice to everybody to reflect, remember, fight back, really get... um, you know, a lot of times for that luminaria ceremony, you'll see people sitting by one bag or yep. standing right. by one bag and reflecting on that person, yep. whether they've passed or whether they're still fighting or whether they have conquered. Um, and so it's really a powerful uh, point in the in the relay. You know, it's so nice to be surrounded by people that have either understood what you're going through or support you in what you're going through and um it gives you a lot of um, strength, I think, to to be part of uh, either this or the walk in Castleton this Sunday. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just great to be surrounded by by people who support you. And um, yeah, I mean, I had just had surgery in September, and um, I have gone to the Making Strides in, in Northern Vermont in South Burlington for years as part of working, you know, as for ACS and ACS CAN. And this year was the first year that I was technically a breast cancer survivor. 
and to go up and stand with other people who have done it, it really mm-hmm. does give you a sense of we can do this. Yeah. I've got this. There were a bunch of people who came up because I said I had only been diagnosed, you know, five weeks earlier or six weeks earlier, and people were coming up who had been you know, cancer-free for 10, 13, 14 years, and we're like, you've got this. And it's really a powerful feeling when you are in that beginning mode where it's very confusing and you're scared and nervous and how how is this going to go? And to have that feeling of camaraderie and support is really, really amazing. And I think ACS and ACS can provides that and uh, you know is that has been great for me since my first diagnosis what i found very powerful was they gave us um, all the survivors they gave us a um a thing to wear on our on our chests about when we were diagnosed and to see how many years that mm-hmm. people have on on them on their t-shirts mm-hmm. was very encouraging because you only hear about the others, the folks yep. that, that yep. Uh, yep. have passed away. You don't hear about the many survivors, and uh, I wish we could do And there do are some... more and more. Yes, absolutely. Year, thank goodness. Yeah. Thank so, goodness. Um, Tracy, could you talk a little bit about, well, let's get into some not-so-pleasant, but the, the, fa- the risk factors and symptoms of breast cancer so that we could use this show as a little bit of education as well, and then we'll go sure. for a break in a few minutes. Sure. Um, so symptoms, uh, you can have actually no symptoms. Right. Like when I was just diagnosed, I had absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. Um, it was just caught on a mammogram. So I'm going to put a plug right there right. in for screening. Make sure to get screening um, and to get that on a basis, you know, an annual basis and really follow through with that um, because without that, this could have been much bigger. But there are symptoms Um, usually most people talk about it and I think most people know a small lump um, usually is painless Um, you can also get some under your armpit some lymph node involvement although I have lymph node involvement and I did not have this as well so again screening um, is important but it can spread to the lymph nodes and you can find some swelling there occasionally some less common symptoms that you'll see is some you can have breast pain but most of the time it is um, painless Um, and then you can see sometimes um, dimpling of the skin especially around the nipple area you can see some nippling some swelling um, discharge but really any changes in your breast health any changes in there talk to your doctor make sure you talk to your doctor get screened really talk to them about what um, is going on so if you feel a lump if you feel something different if you see something different, looks different, any right. redness, anything at all, it may not be, but really, you know, talk to your physician right. about where things are at so that you can get screened in a timely fashion That's is the great. important thing. Tracy, we're going to yeah. um, take a break in just a minute. Um, I know on my list that I'm looking at that you've covered everything except getting older, Tracy. There's, that's well, on the yeah, top of the list. That, 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 that top of the list, postmenopausal women. Unfortunately, yes, exactly. yeah, getting older does affect it. Um, and as we get older, I think all cancers become a little bit more common. But postmenopausal women tend to have a higher risk of breast cancer. So making sure that we all get screened for that. The other one is a first 
um, degree relative. So mom, sister who has had breast cancer, you really should talk to your physician about particularly maybe getting screened earlier. Um, And then the other thing is really, you know, there's some genetic mutations. Um, The other thing um, for risk factors are, you know, um, post-menopausal obesity more than earlier obesity, physical inactivity, and then alcohol consumption can all always got to do with exercise, Tracy. Why is that? Anyway, we we have to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) So is something about exercise. Tracy, I... I shouldn't have done this, but I, um, when I was doing a little research for the program, I came upon um, a cancer awareness calendar, which for every month lists the var- like October's breast cancer. It lists all the various cancers and ribbon colors. There is a lot of types of cancer. It is, uh, it's just breathtaking. It's sort of scary. Um, mm-hmm. there's not much left um, when you look at that list of the human body um, that can't get cancer. Um, so you have to be, not to frighten everybody, but you've got to be alert and aware. And I I think most of it's got all the same lifestyle things we talk about and uh, um, mm-hmm. and go get checks and, and have a good close relationship with your, with your doctor because that's a scary list, may I say. And now we yeah, added a new one. I think it really you know, shows that cancer can affect anybody, um, anyone. And um, so we do need to take care of ourselves and do the best. So not just to maybe lower your risk a little bit, but also if you were to get it, because it doesn't, you know, your risk factors don't take into effect your genetics and all of those other things that you don't have necessarily control over. But if you're in better shape, you're more likely to be able to tolerate and deal with treatment as well. Um, And 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 I think just having access to good care is really important. Right. Yeah, and I think that it's all basic stuff. I mean, it's not brain surgery. You know, healthy weight, exercise, uh, limit your alcohol, and uh, and for women, limit the menopausal hormone therapy uh, that they give you. So uh, it's just sort of common sense thing. Did with your history, did you have the BRCA test? Did you do that? So I just did it this ah. Monday. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, this is so I don't have results yet, but with my history, um, and I unfortunately um, have a family history where my entire mother's side my aunt died of breast cancer in her 40s and um, my grandmother had the same lymphoma that I had and passed away Um, and so with my whole family having it when I was diagnosed this time they said uh, you need genetic testing Um, and I am concerned about my children and that's one of the reasons I joined ACS and ACS can was because with our family history I really want to do everything in my power to say that I've fought so that my kids have a better outcome and there's more survivors for them. So I really have worked really hard on that. But it, I do, um, the BRCA gene, um, they did just draw my blood on Monday and I'm getting tested. I don't have the results, so I don't know what that is. But I, I would recommend anybody um, talk to your physician first right. about your risk factors, your family history, all of the risk factors. And if you are... You know, um, someone who has a mom or a sister or something that has had breast cancer, I think it's worthwhile having that conversation to get tested, um, really kind of knowing what your risk factors are. But it's a conversation with your physician um, and really making sure that you um, 
know what your risk factors are right. and then get this test if you fall into yeah, that category. And as you said, I've, I've had the BRCA test myself, BRCA gene test myself, and it's just, they just draw blood, so it's nothing, you know, no, horrendous no, to go through. No, and actually the one I had was the BRCA gene, and then because of my other history, um, that test nine particular genes that they did. It was the breast cancer one is the, the BRCA. Um, and then there's other genes, and they're actually, they drew enough that they're testing 86 different genes. Wow. Um, for all sorts, because I've had more than just breast cancer. Right. So that's out there. It's there, and I think it's, um, you know, the future is great with the technology we have now that you can do that. That's, like, amazing to me. Um, although there's a drawback. Like, do you want to know? Um, so, Well, some people um, have I, made... I like to know so that I can make decisions and right. I can change my lifestyle potentially to mitigate some risks. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity for people. Well, and, and uh, you, not everybody can just have it. You can't. You've got to have a history. Um, yes, it's not yes. the cheapest test in the world, if I remember correctly. No, but, no, and uh, that's something you know we're trying to work on and make sure that it's available. Um, if you have been diagnosed, then your out of pocket is much less. Right. Um, and if you have a first degree relative, the BRCA will come in. So, something we're working on with ACS Can is to get people um, to be able to have these testings. That's great. Um, when and they become more widely available as well. But That's, you do need to talk to your physician because it's not like you can just walk into the lab and say, yeah, I, I want, want it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's great. Do you and have, really I don't have know if you have available any statistics about breast cancer in Vermont. You mentioned some in the little beginning, but do you have any that, uh, that, that just shows how it's gotten better? Uh, and I would think it may have actually gone up because the testing and, um, is much better these days and, and it's, uh, uh, better to to get that diagnosis. So back when you're talking about your relatives and my family too, um, it, they didn't have the the uh, kind of testing that we have on the level of, uh, of specificity. It just uh, it's not the same anymore. No, it's much better. Um, and I have to say, I don't have okay. um, comparisons. Um, I do know about 700. I can tell you that in the last um, year, there's, nationally, there's over 4 million survivors, wow. which is a huge increase from the past. Right. Um, it went from like 50% to 80%. Um, and I, some of this is because we're also, our rate has increased as well, though. Yeah. But when you look at that, your rate increases, I think, because we are catching it earlier. Yes, right. So we're getting screened. People are getting screened. So you catch it earlier where it is um, can be taken care of easier. You know, for my sister, it's not – she's having this thing out that's not even breast cancer, but they screened that and saw it, and they can get it out, and that will hopefully mitigate her risk for those weird cells to turn into something. Right. So, you know, because we're doing all of that, our rate of finding something is going up, but that means that our rate of survivorship is also going up. Yeah, I actually, I found, uh, I found survival rates, um, and I just read them quickly. Five-year survival rate is at 90%, which is, that's good odds. Ten-year survival rate is now at 84%, and 15-year survival rate is at 80%. So those are good numbers. 
Um, Those are really good numbers, yeah. and I think the 15-year one was somewhere around 50 or 60, a couple, even just a couple yeah, years ago. Great. Um, so that has really made a difference. Um, and again, I keep harping on screening, but I really think that it's that as well as treatments that are now available that are right. different. Well, and I think um, there's so there's so much access available. Um, for screening, for help for women with breast cancer or any cancers, it's you just have to um, take a, take advantage of what's out there for yourselves. Um, I don't know, Tracy. Do you know a lot about the National Cancer Plan? It's something that President Obama started. Um, he mentioned it at his inaugural um, address, State of the Union address. Excuse me. Yeah. And he launched- so basically, he did that, and then. Uh, president, well, then Vice President, right. but now President Biden has taken over with a national. It's the Cancer Moonshot Cancer Plan, yeah. and basically the national, the moonshot is to end cancer as we know it for everybody, um, and that's really by getting you know early detection, effective treatment, eliminating inequities, so that you know again it's for everybody, not just for those who have more money or those who live in. Um, you know, a more urban area rather than those who are rural and right. don't have access to clinical trials because they live 10 hours away or something, really making that an option, delivering optimal care, you know, making sure that everybody is involved. And ACS CAN is working with the moonshot people um, to advance things. So we're working alongside to improve the lives of cancer patients. And so that's really what I know is really that um, ACS and ACS CAN is kind of working as the advocacy affiliate with the moonshot people that President Biden has put together. That's really great. And uh, I know that there's a lot more funding headed uh, headed this way. You know, um, what I give the, the White House a lot of credit for investing funding in this. But what concerns me is, like, you take breast cancer, Tracy, and there are so many variations on the theme. It's not just breast cancer. There are so many. I mean, it's it's a real challenge to find that cure. Yeah, I mean, it is. And I think one of the things that um, we at ACS Canon, one of the things that we did when we went down to D.C., uh, we went down in September and met with our federal um, delegation. Yep. And what we were trying to talk about is really, especially in this day and age, um, have them support the highest possible increases for yep. the National Cancer Institutes and NIH, really because research is key. I, um, as I was being diagnosed and I just found out this week that um, 18, 15 to 18 months ago, I would be getting chemo, no questions asked. Huh. Now, research has come out that I can do some other medications that's not chemo and radiation, so it's saving me from chemo. Race. But someone a year and a half ago with my same exact diagnosis would be going through that. So research is so key to saving you know, when you have chemo, there are side effects from that yep. that can be not so great for you. So saving you from that is, is an enormous plus. And so we really need to focus on making sure that cancer research funding stays and keeping it level funding isn't so great because of inflation, et cetera. Well, but exactly. We don't want those researchers to close their labs and to have all of that shut down because the next great big breakthrough 
could be sitting on that table. Exactly. That is, yeah. that is well said, uh, Tracy. I really appreciate that because I, I, everybody I know has had somebody they know that mm-hmm. has, has gone through this. And, uh, I, uh, I chose surgery, uh, for my cancers. And, uh, so I never actually went through, um, radiation and chemotherapy because I had had radiation years ago for something else. And you can't have radiation twice. No. Right. And the, and well, and I, I had had, uh, with Hodgkin's, um, normally you get radiation, but I was pregnant when I had oh, that. Oh, wow. So I did not have radiation. I just had chemo. Um, just. I had chemo. <laughs> exactly. God bless um, you. <laughs> while I was pregnant. But, um, yeah. so I had chemo, um, so I can have radiation this time. Great. So, um, it really does depend, but you know, even the drugs that they're talking about, they're these new CDK4, I'm le- learning all these new acronyms and things that are keeping even women with metastatic breast cancer alive. And their survival rates are now 10 to 15 years. So, Excellent. you know, the, these new targeted therapies are so amazing for all of us that, you know, I just want to make sure that we keep going because mm-hmm. even in the last two years things have changed and that's that's it's a breast cancer research from what i've been told and what i've seen is fast paced really fast paced and we're on the edge of really finding can't necessarily maybe prevent it but we yeah. can treat it so that it's not so detrimental to your life right oh uh, that would be so what we need is just one one serious breakthrough that would just get everybody yeah. So uh, excited and so um, yes. feeling better about uh, about that word because I tell you I I like you I went feeling great in the doctor's office, you know I mm-hmm. wasn't hurting I was feeling great and then they they give you that diagnosis and you're sitting there going what, good yeah, grief yeah it's like a gut punch yeah right exactly exactly so listen um, we have a few more minutes and and if you don't mm-hmm. mind I'd like to switch gears a little bit unless there's Something else you'd like to tell our listeners? I'd like to talk about Camp Decumpta because. Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, before we switch, yep. just if anybody um, is interested in volunteering, oh, help out with anything, fightcancer.org. I'll put a plug in. We're always looking for volunteers. They're as passionate about it as I am, and the volunteers we have. We could always use extra voices, new voices. New stories, like the viewer or the listener that called right. in. Yes. Oof. You know, anybody with stories. That Those are always needed and wanted so that we can put faces behind anything that we're going to our lawmakers about. They want stories because it resonates with them. Right. So anybody, fightcancer.org, and you can look at Vermont specifically. But Camp Tecumta, I was bummed this summer. I didn't actually get to volunteer because I had... Two of my children got married this summer, oh, so I oh, was that's important. busy with weddings. Um, but Camp Tecumta is an amazing, I, I, we call it magical, and it really is a magical place for kids who have, are going through or um, have survived cancer. Um, you can go there starting at seven years of age till when you graduate high school. Hmm. Um, and I volunteer there when I can as a nurse, um, but we they have youngest boys and girls and middle girls and boys and they have these cabins it's in south hero vermont beautiful location it's a week where kids can be kids and they can be with other kids who have done the same thing because when you're a 
kid diagnosed with cancer, I know how hard it is as an adult. I can't even imagine. And when you're a child with cancer, some of the things that most kids get to do, you don't get to do. And none of your friends who haven't been diagnosed quite get it. They don't understand it as much. They might empathize and support you, but they don't get it. So then when the kids come to Camp Tecumta, everybody there gets it. They understand where you've been through them. They understand. And these kids get a week of fun and magic and camaraderie. And it just is, I can't even, it's hard to describe when you get there and you get on campus and you're there for the week, how amazing it is. Songs and games and and, make you um, cry a you know, little. <laughs> uh, it's it's amazing, That's and good. you know, um, pranks in the middle of the night, and, <laughs> and exactly, you know, um, all sorts of stuff that they do, and the people that plan the activities for the week just do an amazing job. Even during COVID, it was virtual for a week, and we had a DJ, and we had things, Great. and we were online and had the kids be able to talk to each other in rooms on on Zoom. And then now that it's back in person and they're doing everything they can to mitigate any risk for kids. Casey, and so I have to interrupt you for a minute because Cindy called back. And, uh, oh. and so Cindy, you're on the air. What? Okay. You called back. How cool. Thank you. I know. Um, the one thing, what I had done was, um, kind of, uh, cutting edge, uh, procedure is I had stem cell surgery. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yep, and so they took some stem cells out of the base of my spine and put them through some magical machine and spun out all the bad stuff and then put it back in. So so it was stem cells. i got to look this up. What did you call it? Ocular? Oh, ocular lymphoma. Lymphoma. It was like cancer in my my left eye, yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. I just, every time we were just talking about it, just the thought of anybody touching my eye would have, God bless you, (laughs) freak me out. I have lymphoma as well, so and I know the discomfort, so um yeah. can't imagine what must be in your eye. Thank you for calling back. I'm going to have to look this up, Tracy. Yeah, stem cell. It's, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Cindy. Like it was kind of new back then in 2000. Yeah, the things they are doing yeah. are just, it's just amazing to me. Thank God. It really is. Yeah. It's amazing. So, and, and, again, thank goodness for all the research and for kids You know, one of my daughter's best friends was diagnosed with uh, acute myeloid leukemia. And um, back then when I was working with um, pediatric oncology patients on the floor, there weren't kids that survived five years. She went to Camp Tecumta. She did well. She's now 31 years old and has a child and she's doing well. And, you know, she's doing great. And now kids with AML are able to survive so it's just uh, you know it's amazing um, must be wonderful to see the same kids come back every year and knowing they're thriving and yeah yeah and to see them all have a great time and they develop you know lifelong relationships are you able to treat them there uh tracy um yeah because i'm sure they're um, they're on medicine while they're there some of them are and some of them are in remission yep. and are not. Uh, so we do have nurses there. Um, we have a whole medical setup. We can do certain things in there and then if they need chemo or other things, one of us is the driver. Like yep. the last time I was, the like, summer before I was the driver and I would bring them back to the hospital here. They would get their stuff and then I'd bring them back to camp. So. Uh. 
or if anybody has an injury or needs something, you'd bring them to the ER, in the emergency room, get treated, and then bring them back to camp if they can. So we, you know, one of us drives them back and forth if they need daily treatment. But any oral stuff or anything like that, we can do there. Yeah. Tracy, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I learned a lot, which is always good. And um, thank you. And feel encouraged, which is also very good. Um, so good. keep up the the good work. It's just wonderful. Um, could you uh, repeat again where uh, folks could volunteer uh, and how they could do that? And certainly, uh, funding is a good thing too. So. Yeah, Don't forget that part. So if you were to go to fightcancer.org, um, that is the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network, and you can get all of And there is a section that says your state, and you can um, click on that. My name's in there. Uh, any of our uh, staff partners, everybody's there. It'll tell you what we're working on this year and allow you to either donate or join the join to volunteer. And I would love to talk to anybody. That's and good. I appreciate the time that you've been given me. You've oh, given me. No Thank problem. So this is obviously important to me and to a lot of people. And if there's any um, educational lectures uh, that are sponsored by UVM, I've been to a few of them over the years. They're always wonderful to attend, and uh, yes. I would encourage you to do that as well, just to be informed and to know uh, um, what's new and what's happening in uh, the world of cancer, and in particular this month, breast cancer. So thank you very much, Tracy DeVarney. We appreciate all the work you've done, especially with your work for children. Bless you. We'll see you. Uh, This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV.